Hey, fellow traveler, welcome to the Third Eye Awakening podcast, a show where we talk all about spiritual and psychic awakening, magic, the shift from 3D to 5D, star seeds, ascension, multiple timelines, multiple dimensions, the universe, the multiverse, the Akashic records, all the good things. I am your host, Amy Belair, and I'm so glad to have you here with me today. Okay, let's do this. beautiful souls welcome to another episode of third eye awakening it's just me here today doing a soul episode actually i've got my daughter here with me and she's gonna sit quietly hopefully she's very very good so i'm really excited to do my first official q a for the podcast i a while ago like maybe three weeks ago or something i put out all my instagram stories and in soul space that i want to do a for the podcast and I got some really cool questions to go into. So I'm really excited. And I'm definitely going to do things like this again. So if you have questions for me about spiritual awakening, psychic awakening, whatever, you know, watch my Instagram, watch my post in Soul Space and just see when I throw another Ask Me Anything. And I'll be so excited to answer all of your questions. Okay. First of all, well, I want to say that I've changed my Instagram handle to Cosmic Oracle, number one. If you're having a hard time finding me on Instagram, I'm not Amy North Star anymore. And that is for two reasons. Number one is because I just feel like I've outgrown the North Star. I feel like I've gone into a really big shift. I still constantly work in the Akashic field, but I'm really not doing one-off Akashic readings anymore. I feel like I'm sort of in this state where I'm constantly, continuously connected in with the Akashic field and receiving visions that to me go, you know, the description oracular. So I feel like an oracle and that's why I changed my handle. But also I changed my handle because there have been some imposters on Instagram who make slight variations to the handle Amy the North Star. So like they would do Amy underscore the North Star or Amy the North Starro. And they would totally rip off my profile, like use my pictures, whatever. And then friend a bunch of my followers and DM them and like basically solicit cheap, shitty, low-end readings from them. Like they would offer they would be like, oh, I'm drawn to your name and there's a message from the ancestors and I would love to give you a reading about money and love or something like that, you know, some cheesy thing. And then they would just basically harass the the person for a reading and they would be selling them like text messages or video messages, maybe or audio or something like that. And they're pretty low cost. And first of all, like I just do not work at that low cost. I did once and I almost died. It was so intense to do so many readings because I don't believe in doing half shitty readings for people. I want to do the best one possible. And I also have to finish my energy. So that's your first indicator that is not actually me. And also, you know, I'm not saying people don't do readings for that about when they're starting out, but just know that it's hard to do readings for under $100. It takes a lot of energy to go into people's field. And second of all, 
I will never, never reach out and solicit a reading from somebody. I just think it's so rude. I have a website. You can find me there. I have an Instagram. I have a, a Facebook group. I have a podcast. You can you can find me in all those places. You know, like you can email me. Like I said, I'm not doing one of the readings right now, but I just don't need to or want to disrespect people by reaching out in in their personal private messages and try to convince them to do a reading with me. So that's not me who's doing that. And I'm totally powerless to do anything about it. I've reported it to Instagram so many times. So many people have reported it to Instagram. People are really kind and they let me know when they, you know, are being scammed by somebody or solicited by somebody pretending to be me. And we've all done our due diligence in reporting these people and Instagram just fails to do anything about it. And unfortunately, then some people message me and let me know that they've been scammed. And sometimes they realize they've been scammed and they're just like, I don't know, they're just letting me know, I guess. And sometimes they don't realize they've been scammed and they think that I owe them a reading. And it just makes me so sad because there's, I don't know who these people are. I'm not affiliated or associated with them at all. And I, I can't do anything about it. I can't go after them. I don't know how to, I don't know what more to do. So anyway, so I changed my profile and you will see in my profile, if you are on Instagram, that at the bottom of my bio, it says, this is my only account because I don't have any other accounts. I don't like sometimes they would tell people that this was like my backup account for readings only. I don't have any such thing. So bottom line is that please don't fall for that. If you did fall for it, please forgive yourself and release it. It's not, this is, this is not something that you need to take on and carry around from a place of shame. Lord knows that none of us need more shame than what we already have to contend with. So, you know, I love you. And it sucks that people would do this and take advantage of people's confusion at this time. But it's also like there's, it's nothing new, right? People just do this stuff. Some people are really drawn to scamming others and I can't speak for them. I will momentarily though, before I move on to the questions, I'll also talk about the importance of discernment and I'll probably do a longer YouTube video or episode about discernment sometime, but you have to run everything through your own internal truthometer and your own internal bullshitometer. And you need to trust those things within yourself. And part of learning the language of your own like truthometer and your own bullshitometer is sometimes falling for the bullshit. And then you're like, oh, I. The thing is that I knew, a part of me knew, and I went ahead and did it anyway. And that's valuable data that helps you to not fall for it again in the future. But right now, because we're in, you know, we're in the thick of a really powerful, really intense quantum leap of consciousness. It's a blah, 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 the great awakening, blah, blah, blah. But it's like a lot of people are experiencing spiritual awakening for the first time. A lot of people who have been on the spiritual awakening journey for a long time are going through huge quantum leaps. Either way, it's a quantum leap. And as such, it creates a lot of confusion in people, a lot of feeling disjointed, ungrounded, really, yeah, discombobulated. And 
there are a lot of content creators, myself included, who we feel like we have something to say, something to share on all of these topics. And we all have our own version of the truth, but nobody's truth is like the high and mighty ultimate truth of God. Everybody carries a piece of the truth. Everybody carries a piece of the truth. Some people are lying and bullshitting, but they even carry a piece of the truth. They're just presenting lies and bullshit for whatever reason. But I'm not going to accuse anybody of that. I'm just going to say that at this time, it's really important that we all accept that we have an equally valuable piece of the truth within us to anyone else. We have access to the truth. We don't need a middleman. Readings are amazing. Currently, I work with a couple different mentors who can give, help me, help me validate the things that I already know, the things that I'm already experiencing. So there's a lot of value in that, but I'm not abdicating my personal power to them. I'm not showing up to our calls and asking them to give me answers or tell me what I'm supposed to do. I show up and I am in charge of my own life. I make my own decisions. I live with my own consequences. I learn from my experiences. I want to be in my full agency and sovereignty and power. And so I don't go to readings or any other content creators looking for truth that I don't already have access to. I'm just going to it to hear it through the filter of another person's perspective. And to receive validation around the things that I already understand on some level, I, I already have within me. And I allow myself to be intuitively guided, intuitively drawn the people that carry specific codes for me. But I'm never holding them responsible for any of the decisions that I make. So I think that's all I'm going to say about discernment for now. Like it's literally its own huge entire podcast topic, but... I have these really cool questions to get into that I'm really excited about. So stay tuned probably for another episode somewhere about discernment in the spiritual information, content creation, and reader healer community. Okay. Question number one. My beautiful friend Kasha asked, how to explain Christ-like frequency to people who want to understand but are quite triggered by words? Like, I am so excited about this question because right now I'm really, really stepping into and owning that I am here to be an embodiment of the Christ light frequency, um, not Christ like Christ light as in illumination frequency. And what that means to me, what I, what I understand about the Christ frequency or the Christos frequency is that it really has nothing to do with religion. And I think that's the point where, you know, Kasha or anybody that she's just thinking of could be triggered. It is the frequency of basically like total gnosis of the truth of who we really are within the illusion of the Maya. So it's being able to be here embodied in um, a physical vessel in, in the flesh as it were, material plane, but to have complete access and remembrance the truth of who we actually are and it changes the way we operate and it it's like when you're that full of truth and then that free of the illusion then you can mold the fabric of the illusion you can mold the fabric of the maya and create what you want you can perform miracles 
miracle healings, miracle manifestations, and you emit this amazing frequency. So the, the full meaning of the word Christ, it comes from the Greek word Christos, anointing one. So the man that we know of as Jesus is not necessarily like, like Christ is not a word that originated with Jesus or was only applicable to Jesus, but Jesus became Jesus Christ because he was in his Christ consciousness. So he probably had a different surname, not Christ. I don't know what it was. I don't know if they had surnames at that time. I don't even know if Jesus actually lived as a man. I believe he did, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say that, state it like a fact because I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't there as far as I remember, but maybe I was actually, <laughs> I just learned from my uh, beautiful friend and private mentorship client, Colleen, about the priestesses of Carmel. And she was telling me about it. And I was like, I remember I was there. That's wild. Anyway, tangent. Okay. So Jesus was given the term Christ as a title because he was seen as being anointed. And what does anointed even mean? It's very hard to explain this. And again, this is all just coming from the filter of my own consciousness, my own perception, but it's like anointed is that you have been granted access to divinity. And I don't even want to say it's like you were anointed by God. It's like, I mean, oh, if you want to know about this, you should probably just, if you want to go deeper, what all of this means, you can join my course, Who the Fuck Am I? Because I go deep into all this stuff. But anointed is like being granted access to divinity and to gnosis and being able to carry that frequency of gnosis even in incarnation and as such being able to perform what the rest of us would consider miracles. Now, I said at the beginning of this question answer that I am owning that I'm here to embody the Christ-like frequency. That doesn't mean that I am in full no set or that I can perform miracles, although I think that I can. I do. I well, I know that I can, but it depends on what your definition of miracles is. I know that the more that I stay on this path, the more and more and more is revealed to me. More and more and more about the true fabric of reality, the true uh, structure of the universe, uh, of consciousness, of what we all are, what, what this all is, how to manifest, how to heal. I'm seeing and receiving more and more and more of it, but I'm at the very beginning of my ownership and embodiment of it, my application of this level of consciousness. So I just want to be clear that I'm not saying I'm, I am, you know, the second coming of Christ. I believe many of us carry this frequency. Many of us carry these codes and it's what so many of us came here for is to, to radiate this frequency, to bring it down into embodiment more and more and more all the time and to radiate it, emanate it, and thereby sort of um, propagate it amongst the whole population of humanity. So in a sense, we're, we are all like Jesus because Jesus wasn't man. But I don't want anybody to, you know, who was raised Christian to feel like I'm blaspheming or lowering 
the status of Jesus Christ or that I am raising myself to the status of being a Messiah. That's not at all, although Messiah also means anointed one, <laughs> but you know, kind of the, the way that we perceive these words and the way that we have understood Jesus and built him up and upheld him as being like truly the only son of God and like higher than the average mortal human being. I, I'm not trying to inflate myself is what I'm saying, but I am owning that it's just fucking time, you know, like it's time for me to really be in this level of consciousness that I have access to. And again, like I said, y you may very well have access to this too. It's not for me to say I'm not the one who is anointing or ordaining anyone. I am just owning it for myself. And I believe that there are many of us who carry this. And I just believe that the time is now. The time is now to be on this path of activation, application, and embodiment, and then radiating it into the world. So that's my answer to that question. I hope that, I hope that did it for you, Kasha. I love, let's see, what is the next question? So Trisha says, Christopher kind of went into this a little bit on the last podcast that he and I did together from a few weeks back, but how is the best way to discern the pyramid type? I don't want to say schemes, but I guess more the trend of spiritual leaders and groups from the actual leaders. And along with that, how can we even tell what's real and what's just fear-based belief mindset? How do we use our own discernment if we, in fact, are still stuck in it, so to speak? Okay, so I just said I wasn't going to talk about discernment, and then I read this question, and it's so, it's so good. So I'll quickly answer it, but again, Trisha, you already told me that I need to do a whole episode on discernment, and you're right, I will. I will do it. I would say the best way to discern the, the pyramid type of scheme or just a trend of spiritual leaders who are giving um, bogus information is that you can kind of feel when they have some unintegrated ego present, meaning that there's like an aspect of themselves that is really getting off on having a following or having people listen to them. And you can tell that they are deliberately saying things for the purposes of receiving this attention. That's one way. Another way that I've noticed is if, if spiritual leaders or content creators are not evolving in their own perspective and sharing with you openly what they are evolving into, but they keep recycling the same analogies over and over and they keep talking to you at a certain level of consciousness, like, Basically, what I see as I shared in Transcend and then shared in 5D Lightbridge is that our consciousness is evolving. It is evolving. We are in the 4D frequency primarily. Like we are really hardly in the 3D frequency at all anymore. It appears like we are physically incarnated, but that's because it's the material plane. So in a sense, we are physical. There is a material aspect, but our consciousness is not 3D consciousness anymore. It's 4D consciousness, meaning that we are cycling around in the realm of the story, of the narrative, of the perception of like, you know, themes, personality qualities, archetypal energy, all that stuff playing out in the collective drama through our individual dramas. And so 
it doesn't really work to use the same analogies and story that were being used even two years ago, but certainly not like five years ago, certainly not 10 years ago. And you can probably tell when you listen to old videos, like for example, on the higher self channel on YouTube and you listen to old videos, you're probably like, yeah, like there's, there will still be gems in there. I'm not saying there's nothing of value, but it's the frequency of our consciousness has changed. And so if you're listening to a content creator and they keep cycling you around in the same analogies all the time about interpersonal relationship dramas, and that's the lens through which they are trying to explain higher concepts of consciousness, I feel like I'm not saying it's a pyramid scheme because they might not even be asking for money, but I'm just like, why are you still talking at the same level as if people don't understand something deeper? Like everybody is upgrading our consciousness everybody we're all growing together so i do have the suspicion that people who are kind of using those same analogies over and over and teaching from that place and if they have it figured out and you don't or their listeners don't i feel like they are potentially I am not sure why they do it. I don't want to speak about anyone else's motivations, but I have wondered, like, is this kind of like, is this to keep people stuck so that they like maintain followers because then people don't feel empowered in themselves. So they've kind of disguised empowerment messages or they disguised like a disempowering frequency of drama, interpersonal drama, narrative analogies. They've disguised it as empowerment messages like how to get out of that disempowerment. It feels like there's something a little bit inverted there that's happening. That's just me. And then the pyramid type of schemes, it's so hard to say. It's so hard to say because I absolutely believe that money is not a bad thing and that everybody gets to decide what they are investing in on their spiritual path. Like whether they're just going to consume free content, which is totally fine. There's a plethora of it. Or if they're going to invest in a program or a course or buy a book, or if they're going to like go all in and invest in the high-end live group program or private mentorship or whatever, right? They're going to get like go into a certification and become uh, a Reiki master or like Christina, who was just on the podcast last week. I think it was, no, week before. Anyway, she channeled high 7D healing, right? And she's turned that into a certification program. So you can become a certified high 7D healer through her modality. And she's completely 100% entitled to receive money as an energy exchange for being the channel for that work and then translating it and teaching it. And, and creating a certification structure, right? And that does not mean that she is a pyramid schemer or anything like that. And furthermore, whatever level you choose to invest at, you're not just paying that person, you are investing in your own transformation experience. So the price tag that you're looking at isn't about the person it's about your transformation. You can make it about the person and then project your own unhealed money stuff onto them and see them as greedy or whatever, or unspiritual for charging money. But the truth is that there's also the option to see it as like, I am choosing it because I choose 
my transformation experience. And I'm going all in because I am a safe bet. Like every time I invest in myself, I grow exponentially. So both of those options are available to see it that way. But for a pyramid scheme, I would say that if you are investing in a program to become, um, like Christopher was talking about, a certified, I can't remember the program he was specifically talking about. I remember the conversation, but I don't remember the details of what the title would be. But let's just say that he invested in this, this belief structure, this system that they were teaching, and he was going to come out with the title of like, a priest of the um, seven temples of whatever. The pyramid structure comes in where if you are always having to pay like dues to the, the person at the top, like it's one thing to pay for your certification once or to be on a payment plan, but like there's, there's an exchange for the information and the practice and the connections that you make in the group and all that, right? But if you, you get the certification and then you can only get your clients through them and their marketing structure that they've set up, or you don't get to pick your clients because, you know, you're just assigned clients through the marketing structure they've set up, or you have to um, pay a portion of whatever you make as you apply this learning you receive through them to their institution they've created or something like that like a pyramid scheme is just sort of where like you're paying out to somebody and there's no obvious reason why you're just like what am I getting in exchange for this are you just capitalizing on like you're the you're the cap piece of the pyramid and you just get paid all these riches because you had this idea once and all of us are basically like working for you and paying you like almost like a royalties fee, that kind of feels like a pyramid scheme to me. But even if it's not in a pyramid scheme, it's like we have to consider the creepy, weird, funky vibes that we get. And I think that's what Christopher really noticed. It, it came through as a pyramid scheme to him. That's how he felt about it. But it's like this weird cultish feeling of like, you're not allowed to have your own beliefs. You are not allowed to question the validity of the belief structure that's being presented. You're not encouraged to be your own connection to your own truth, but you have to like conform and you have to make changes to your lifestyle in accordance to instructions that they're giving. You know, the important thing that we are really experiencing collectively right now and through the past couple of years is like, we're being given every opportunity to powerfully choose our freedom and our sovereignty, to choose our own fucking agency. It makes it so that we're not deferring our power. We're not abdicating our decision-making responsibility to somebody else. We're not falling in line anymore. We're not, you know, doing what we're told to do just because we're told to do it. So for discernment, I think like there, again, I'm going to do a full episode about it because it's such a huge and important topic, but that's what I've got for you on that question for this episode, Trisha. Okay. Let me see. Katie says, I want to know more about how repatterning and manifesting happens in the higher dimensions. For example, I know there's geometric shapes that are the foundation for how things look, how things act soul psyches, et cetera. 
and she once saw herself as a geometric shape in meditation. So for instance, are we constructing new geometric patterns while deconstructing old ones when we go from feeling financial scarcity to feeling financial independence? Meaning when we are anchoring in those manifestations, is that how we are doing it? Is this similar to agreements or contracts that we make? I've had the experience of removing agreements in this life that I made prior to incarnating. And I'm just curious how I did that on a higher level. I feel like the answer is definitely a yes, but though to, or <laughs> I feel like the answer is definitely a yes to those, but I feel like there's something in your response that will help clarify something or give me a new understanding. And then she says, also, I could use some practical advice for when you start to outgrow the teachers, mentors you've had for so long. I'm having this very strange experience of no longer feeling like the majority of teachers I've had, some for decades, can understand me anymore, and their teachings no longer jive. Obviously, my frequency will attract new communities and teachers, and it already has started, but there's a little bit of discomfort and grief in letting go of the old ones. This must happen for many others. Thanks. Yeah, Katie. A hundo P, a hundo P. Yes, we are outgrowing teachers because it was kind of like I was saying about in, in my last answer, like analogies that worked before just aren't working, but we're all, we're all evolving in our consciousness. All of us, all of us. Like, for example, I often on this podcast, I cite my dad as being somebody who really prefers to be plugged into the matrix, doesn't want to question anything, wants to... Um, engage with the surface level of the narratives that are presented and he's a wonderful human being and I love him so much but he's not interested in the psychic realm at all or spiritual awakening not even a tiny little bit so I use him as an example often and the other day my mom when he was still in bed before he got up in the morning she reoriented the kitchen table to at their house to the direction that it used to be set like a long time ago when we were kids and he dreamt that while he was sleeping and then got up and had his shower and whatever and came out for breakfast and the table was changed that says a lot not that that's like an amazing mind-blowing dream but for him it was because he does not actually operate it at that level of consciousness and he has no interest in doing so <laughs> So we're all evolving. Our consciousness is really experiencing a quantum leap right now. And that's all of us, but we're doing it at different rates. So that means that as our consciousness evolves, we're just like you said, not going to jive with the teachings of previous teachers or mentors or whatever. And also like it, because we're evolving at different rates, there are points where it's really hard to make ourselves understood to anybody who it has not moved up to our given frequency, which is a big insecurity of mine. To be totally transparent, is like as I start working at these higher levels of consciousness, sometimes I'm like, am I even making sense to anyone anymore? It's so, some of it's so abstract. Like, how do I even bring this down into, you know, language that makes any sense? And so you could be experiencing the same thing, Katie, like that you are receiving, like, I mean, you and I are on the same page a hundred percent with what you were talking about with the geometric shapes and manifesting and repatterning in the higher dimensions. That stuff is so hard to talk about. To some people, it probably just feels like nonsense, like new age garbly gook, you know? So 
I feel like we're having a lot of rearranging um, and reshuffling happening in our external worlds and relationships are, you know, totally subject to that as well. And we're really vibing out and away from people that are not at the same consciousness frequency range or even subconscious frequency range, because we don't have to, this isn't about agreeing with everybody, We're having to agree with everything that everybody says, or only talking to people that we agree with, but it's like, you can be on the same frequency range on a subconscious level with somebody so that you might have a totally different worldview from them, but everything is really harmonious between you. Like your heart frequencies are in harmony. You know, so you can be together and it just doesn't matter if they see things differently than you do because you just freaking love each other, you know, or you just enjoy the same things. That's possible, but we're also rearranging on the, the consciousness frequency level and moving away from people that we just don't jive with anymore. Like there's just a dissonance. It's just a mismatch. And we're being, I feel like what's actually happening is we are being attracted to certain I'll call them soul groups but that's not really the right term but I think you'll probably understand what I mean if I say that certain soul family soul groups that have many of the same air quotes origins again origins isn't the right term but you could call it soul family star family whatever it doesn't matter all of those are just really flawed human English terms but it's like frequency patterns we're being drawn to each other and the people that we were previously drawn to it's like they helped to activate or plant seeds or prepare our frequency for the phase that we're now in where we need to leave them and be drawn to new people that hold the next frequency that we're moving into and anchoring in and we don't have to feel any guilt about it or any shame. It totally is for a lot of us going to involve, like you said, some discomfort and some grief of letting go of relationships that were really meaningful and powerful before. But it's sort of like you were talking about contracts and agreements in your previous question. And it's like, those are just, they're satisfied. They are complete. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and the person isn't really gone. It's just that like they are moving on to new soul groups and we are moving on to new soul groups while still being incarnated and alive on earth. It's, it's really wonderful. Okay. So to your question. So what I see is that true manifestation, which human beings are capable of when we have a high enough level of consciousness and awareness, true manifestation happens at the sixth and seventh dimensions. And we access it through the frequency of the heart through the fifth dimension. But what it looks like is geometric pre-matter templates made of light. And I described in my recent programs lately that when I look at everything in the world, like I see the thing, I'm looking outside my window and I see these pine trees and I see the pine tree, but at the same time, I see underneath the pine tree and I see that it's actually made of all these beautiful geometries, all these little beautiful geometric units that are interlocked together to create 
sort of the blueprint template of the tree. And everything is made of that. It's so beautiful. We are made of that. It's so, so, so beautiful. And I think it's so cool that you saw yourself in a geomet- as a geometric shape in a meditation. I see the same thing. I see us as like our souls look like snowflake mandalas. It's sort of a cross between a snowflake and a mandala. It's just this symmetrical, beautiful, crystalline, geometric form. It's just it's so freaking beautiful. So when we are constructing new geometric patterns, we do sort of de- deconstruct old ones. That's kind of what my, my, my sessions, the uh, multidimensional holographic matrix repatterning sessions were about. It's sort of like finding where there is corruption in the geometric patterns. So you were talking about financial scarcity to financial freedom or financial abundance. So for example, scarcity is uh, a perception that creates a manifestation. So scarcity in and of itself is not a real fact. It is a perception. And by holding that perception in our geometric mandala form, we then manifest it in our external world. So the repatterning comes from like at the sixth and seventh dimensions of consciousness, we would be able to see what part of the snowflake mandala has become distorted. And that like in this case, the distortion is around the perception of financial scarcity and financial struggle and, and disempowerment and all the things that it comes with, right? Like that feeling of not having agency to move through the world comfortably. And then we would sort of like remove the things, the, the branches, the threads of that snowflake mandala that carry corruption. So we would remove it. And then we would repattern the actual shape and form of the mandala back to it, like its original uncorrupted divine blueprint. And that original uncorrupted divine blueprint includes an experience of like the most delicious, lavish, luxurious abundance. That is what is true. That's what's true of the energy of the universe. So that's that's how it goes on a higher level. You were talking about like, is it similar to agreements and contracts we make and removing agreements in this life that you had made prior to incarnating? I don't believe in contracts. I'm glad that you said agreements or contracts or agreements slash contracts because I don't believe that we are held to anything, that we like we're not contracted, that just is such a heavy, dense, blah feeling. But we do enter with agreements. And then I think the what actually happens is like the agreements are complete. So it's slightly different. We don't necessarily need to remove them. It's we're removing our perception that we're held to them. The agreement is probably already complete and that you could, you know, remove or dissolve it or some other variable shifted and the agreement is no longer necessary in this incarnation. And then you can dissolve it. And it is, it's like, it's just like repatterning the mandala. So the mandala has its original, original, original pattern. And 
the pattern changes through the incarnation experience, but it still has the um, original template, the original pattern. So it just becomes a variation of its, its templated originality. I keep reusing the same words. And we can, we can mold and reshape our mandala ourselves through our consciousness. And this level of conversation is in that Christ-like frequency of consciousness. It's like understanding the actual structure of reality behind the illusory perception of what we translate through our five senses. I hope that answer was, I mean, on all these questions are all so good and I could literally do an entire episode on each of them. So these are just like shallow dives in my opinion, but I hope that was helpful. There's a good handful of more questions and they're so good. So you know what? I am just going to record a part two. Thank you so much for submitting your questions and I will definitely get to the rest of them. I hope you have a beautiful day or night wherever you are and also beautiful loves, beautiful fellow beings on earth. Thank you for being here. Thank you for lending your attention to me and receiving the transmissions that I share. Just know that I see you. I see your power. I see your divinity. I see your consciousness. I see the, the small but powerful ways that you are extricating yourself from the false matrix trappings so that we can reclaim this world and reclaim this material plane as a beautiful place to incarnate and develop our mandala soul blueprint. I just want to take that moment to let you know that I recognize you and I see you and you are perfect and you are powerful. You are so valuable just by existing. I hope that you deeply receive that and that you can just take a moment to feel into yourself with some love and some appreciation for yourself and the absolute miracle that you are. And I'll catch you on the next episode for part two of the spiritual Q&A. Thank you so much for being here with me on this episode. I appreciate you more than my words could ever say. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share, and I will catch you on the next episode.